The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 188. This week, we discuss music diversity, review Taylor Swift's new album, and we make the case for putting Frank Sinatra into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as an early influencer. Before we get into it, as always, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. Some of the music for this podcast was written and produced by songwriter and producer Hey Joe C. You can find the full versions of her songs that are played here, along with the rest of her music on her SoundCloud. We also did a four-part podcast series where we went through all of her music track by track. You can check out those podcasts if you search for The Evolution of Hey Joe C. She is also a model, has an Instagram and a Patreon. Just click the links to all of her projects in this podcast show notes. On to the news for the week, which wasn't a whole ton because everybody's winding down for the holiday season. However, there were a few things, for starters... The Game Awards were handed out last week for all you video game nuts. As far as the music category went, the latest Final Fantasy video game won Best Score. Bob Dylan sold his 600-song catalog to Universal Music Group because they're a small indie outfit, I suppose. Kidding. Summer Walker is starting a record label called Ghetto Earth Records. In really dumb news, Trey Songs decided to hold an, a secret indoor concert in Ohio this past week. The concert, which I'm sure was great because Trey Songs is a great performer, had over 500 non-socially distanced people in a confined space, most of them not wearing masks. Concert organizers were cited by the police. Singer Anne Marie was arrested and charged with shooting a man in the head in an Atlanta hotel room. I'm sure there's a great story behind that. FKA Twigs is suing her ex-boyfriend, actor Shia LaBeouf, claiming sexual battery assault and abuse during their relationship. The Professional Engineers Ontario Discipline Committee in Toronto, Canada, has found engineer Dominic Guglieri guilty of professional misconduct for a stage collapse at a Radiohead concert at Toronto's Downsview Park, which claimed the life of Radiohead's drum tech Scott Johnson back in 2012. There were a couple of passings to pass along this week. One of them 
rather big. Rest in peace to Harold Budd. Harold was an ambient composer pioneer who worked with the Cocktoo Twins and Brian Eno. Harold's cause of death was not announced. Harold Budd was 84 years old. And rest in peace to a legendary performer. Charlie Pride was born in 1934 in Sledge, Mississippi to former sharecroppers. When he was younger, he developed great pitching skills and decided that he wanted to follow in his brother Mac Pride Jr.'s footsteps and become a baseball player. He started out recording in the Negro Leagues and even made it to the New York Yankees minor league farm system before an injury affected his pitching. From there, Charlie ended up playing minor league baseball in the Midwest, especially Wisconsin. During one brief team stint, both he and another player were actually traded to another team for a tour bus. Yes, you heard that correctly. Two players got traded for a mechanical instrument. Charlie was beginning to make headway with baseball until Uncle Sam and the draft came calling. He did two years in the United States Army from 1956 to 1958. Then he went back to playing baseball. Charlie played for a while for a team in Helena, Montana called the East Helena Smelterites. While he played for the team, he also worked at the local smelting plant. Someone overheard Charlie singing and suggested that he sing to warm up the crowd before games. In those days, he got paid $10 per game and $10 per singing gig before the game, so it was pretty easy to say yes. But then, soon after that, he also started singing around the Midwest. He decided to make music his sole focus, so he went around playing the gigs and was also shopping for a demo tape. One demo tape made its way to country music legend Chet Atkins. Chet actually started out in the 1940s and 50s with hit after hit to show for it. After some time, he also became a record producer and executive for RCA Nashville. Chet was one of the originators of what became known as the Nashville Sound, which took the fiddle and steel guitar out of country music, thereby making country music more accessible to mainstream America. Chet heard Charlie's demo tape and got Charlie a recording contract with RCA. Charlie's third single, Just Between You and Me, became his first big hit and even got him a Grammy Award nomination. That started what became an amazing run on the Billboard country charts. In the first five years of his singing career, Charlie had eight number one country singles with songs like It's Just Me, Kiss an Angel Good Morning, I'd Rather Love You, and many others. In 1969, Charlie put out his first Greatest Hits album, and even that sold over a million copies and went to number one on the country charts. Over the next three decades, Charlie sold over 70 million albums, which made him second on RCA's biggest-selling artist list right after Elvis Presley. 
He had 29 number one country hits out of 52 top 10 country hits. He had nine studio albums and two greatest hits albums go to number one. He was the second African-American artist to perform at the Grand Ole Opry, was one of its three African-American members currently, along with harmonica player DeFord Bailey and Darius Rucker, who is now a solo country music artist after years fronting Hootie and the Blowfish, although he's doing a reunion tour with Hootie as we speak, at least will be in 2021. Charlie also became an entrepreneur, becoming, among other things, part owner of the Texas Rangers baseball team. Charlie won four Grammy Awards, including a Lifetime Achievement Award. He won the Country Music Association Entertainer of the Year Award and twice won its Male Vocalist of the Year Award. All of this while being an African-American in a genre that has been let's just say, less than polite when it comes to African Americans. Charlie Pride passed away from the coronavirus. Charlie Pride was 86 years old. This week's podcast topic is half rant and half personal, but there's hopefully a music and life lesson in this for everybody. First, let me give you a recap of my life because you may have assumed some things by listening to this podcast that you're probably wrong about. First, on the personal level, I was born in England, Lincoln, England to be precise. My mom was Jamaican and Irish, as it turns out, and was a nurse. My dad was African-American and was in the military, hence the reason why I was born in England. Once he was out of the military, we settled in Western Massachusetts. While growing up, my musical knowledge came from listening to local pop and rock music radio stations like WHYN and WAQY, watching, of course, MTV, also American Bandstand, Don Kirshner's Rock Concert, and Soul Train. My parents were never musicians, and we didn't have a lot of music playing in the house, so basically... My musical knowledge was picked up all on my own. Plus, I started playing trumpet in school when I was around 10 years old. I went to college for music education where I learned to play a lot more instruments. I'm up to playing at least 10 instruments pretty well and another 8 or so not so well, to be blunt about it. I know my way around them. That's as far as I can get with them. Once out of college, I ran record stores for almost a decade, and to this day, I'm still in the entertainment industry, although less these days with music and more with television, fashion, photography, and movies. Now, why am I telling you all of this? 
Because there's a diversity problem going on in the world, both in terms of people in general and music in particular. For instance, when I was in college, I picked up on a lot of different types of music and began to love a lot more forms of them. That made me really unpopular in the fine arts department at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. First, for being black in an almost all-white school, and second, for being in a school where classical music and jazz were considered the only true art forms and any other type of music was considered to not be music or art, at least according to them. I famously remember one of my classical music professors telling the class that he didn't find music that only had three or four chords repeating to actually be considered music. I'm glad no one told Robert Johnson that or else we may never have had blues music. That statement, though, points out what's wrong with the current climate in the world. See, let's get more widespread on this. If you only know white people, then you will only get what you know about other races through an extremely distorted media and social media lens. And they have their own ulterior motives for making you feel one way or another. Don't believe me? Talk to a Trump supporter sometime. It's fascinating. Same thing, however, if you only know black people, or Latinos, or heterosexuals, or whatever. You need to be more diversified in who you know in order to understand and appreciate what's going on in the world. Stop being manipulated by the press when it comes to the way that they stereotype people of all races, including, I might add, white people. The same thing goes with music. If you only listen to country music, then you will never appreciate what Mozart accomplished, or Bob Marley, or Tupac, or Eric Clapton, or Marvin Gaye, or even Tiesto, or The Crystal Method, or Dead Mouse or Skrillex or whoever. Music is one of the only forms of any type of culture that cuts through every race, every creed, every color, every gender, and unites people through their shared emotions. You don't get that from many other art forms in mass, at least. In movies, Maybe a Star Wars or a Harry Potter type of thing, but there are very few movies where you have shared experiences that last for generations. Possibly in writing. Books can break down walls, at least some of them can. In art or fashion? No. Those two forms have the ultimate snobs. Oh, that dress is so January 2020. You're so tacky for wearing it this late in the year. My point is this. 
In order to understand the world, you have to expand your way of thinking. In order to like music, even your own little segregated section of it, you have to understand and appreciate other forms because it's the only way to understand your own form of music. There is no pure form of music. I repeat, there is no pure form of music. Every form borrows from each other. This podcast and all of my other music podcasts are geared for people to appreciate all forms of music. That's why I touch upon jazz, classical, country, hip-hop, rock, reggae, soul, EDM, and other forms. I don't just love one form of music. I love all forms of music. I'm here to educate you on the history of music so that maybe you'll check out an artist or a form of music that you would never have thought of checking out before. And if I can get at least one of you to check out an MC5 or a Link Ray or a Joy Division or a Tina Turner or a Kraftwerk, then I will have done my job. I realize that everyone is into this me first and screw every other person and country era thing going on right now and have been for the last four, five, six years or so, but that's not really the way you should live your life, period. If there is anything that you've hopefully learned from this dumpster fire of a year, and especially with the coronavirus, It is that we are all more connected to each other now than at any other time in history. So diversify your life, people. Diversify your music. It'll help ease the problems of the world at the moment. Now, that's some advice some politicians and media people need to listen to right now. Not gonna name names, but you know who they are. Normally, at this point in the podcast, I would make the case for someone to go into the performers category of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. However, this legend isn't eligible for that category. Therefore, I am making the case for him to be inducted in as an early influencer. The criteria for induction into the early influencers category of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that it is for people, quote, whose music predated rock and roll, but had an impact on the evolution of rock and roll and inspired rock's leading artists, end quote. 
That category runs from blues to gospel to folk to even jazz. Some of the people who have gotten into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame under that category include Louis Armstrong, Lead Belly, Woody Guthrie, and Nat King Cole. Now, if a crooner like Nat King Cole is in the Hall of Fame, then why not the greatest crooner of all time, Frank Sinatra? With Nat King Cole in mind, let's review Sinatra's resume for those of you who are completely unfamiliar with Frank Sinatra. And to those people, I say, really, where have you been? First off, he's Frank Sinatra. Honestly, nothing more needs to be said. Oh, okay, you need more. Fine. Apparently, no one told you who Frank Sinatra was. First, He's nicknamed The Voice for a reason. He is perhaps the greatest singer of the early part of the 20th century and possibly the entire century. The way he both attacked words with his intonation and seduced them is the stuff of legend. You want rock and roll swagger? Oh, please, he had that in spades. He practically defined cool. The rock and roll lifestyle? Dude, he invented that as well. Ever seen footage of the Rat Pack or his resume of all the women he slept with? Dude had rock and roll lifestyle by the throat long before rock and roll even existed. Now, if you want to get your feet wet, go with virtually any of his greatest hits albums. If you want to deep dive into them, might I suggest you go with any of his box sets, of which he definitely has an awful lot of them. Now, I know that crooners can't make it into the hall who are around in the present day, and that no matter what they do, Harry Connick Jr., Michael Bublé, Josh Groden, and company are never getting in. However, Frank predates rock and roll. He was doing it back in the 1940s, which is why he should be eligible for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as an early influencer. In 2003, a Dance Music Hall of Fame was formed. It was started by John Parker of Robbins Entertainment. He enlisted the help of a few other industry vets, and they held an annual dinner in New York City. They split the hall into artists, records, producers, DJs, remixers, and non-performers. They started off okay with a bunch of disco artists, but the hall only lasted for two years before they stopped inducting people. Well, 
Yours truly is bringing it back. Sort of. I am starting my own dance music hall of fame, only I'm expanding the idea. This hall will be known as the EDM Hall of Fame. My criteria will be for any inductee as follows. First, it's anybody who's been in the EDM business for at least 10 years. That means vocalists, DJs, producers, remixes or remixers, and record labels. It also means that your more popular guys from the 2010s, like the Chainsmokers, will not be eligible for a while. Got to be around at least 10 years in order for me to consider you for a Hall of Fame. Second, we'll concentrate on what people know as EDM today. Trance, house, trip-hop, dubstep, etc. However... We're also going to induct artists who were either part of what was considered EDM in the 1980s and 90s, i.e. techno, synth pop, Eurodance, certain dance and R&B, New Jack Swing, freestyle, big beat, or who influenced EDM, genres such as disco and funk back in the 1970s. We're also going to induct albums, songs, and technology that were important to EDM and had an impact on EDM. This is, of course, my Hall of Fame and not an official one, so my opinion is strictly mine. It would be nice, though, if someone finally did do an actual dance music Hall of Fame and put it somewhere. Anywhere, Europe, New York, doesn't matter, just do one finally. All five albums that are up for review this week in one way or another are worthy of your time. First, Taylor Swift surprise dropped her new album, Evermore. Technically, it should be called Folklore Part 3 since it's a continuation of the first album's recording sessions hot on the heels of her behind-the-scenes Recessions album that she just dropped only a couple of weeks ago. As Taylor put it, she couldn't stop writing and recording the songs. With three albums this year, Taylor has definitely spent her lockdown very wisely. Heim, Bon Iver, and The National come on board again for this portion of the ride for these 15 songs. Taylor continues to prove that she is one of the best songwriters of her generation. If you love folklore, and mind you, it is up for Album of the Year this year at the Grammy Awards, then you're really going to love Evermore. If you're a gamer out there, then you no doubt know that Cyberpunk 2077 has been released as of this past week. There's a pretty good soundtrack for it, too, called Cyberpunk 2077 Radio Volume 1. These 11 tracks have artists ranging from Run the Jewels, Sophie, To Mold, Le Destroy, and many more. Funny thing about this soundtrack is that for a cyberpunk game, there's not much cyberpunk music on it. It's mainly futuristic-sounding global music, which is really cool. I would definitely get this one as well. 
And since we are in the middle of the Christmas season, and Christmas, mind you, is only about a week and a half away as of this recording, here's two Christmas albums for you to get yourself into the mood, especially with a nor'easter type of blizzard that's supposedly coming by midweek this week. The first is by the modern-day Queen of Christmas, Miss Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Special soundtrack contains all 17 of the songs from Mariah's Apple TV special, including, you guessed it, All I Want for Christmas is You. Ariana Grande, Snoop Dogg, and Jennifer Hudson show up on here as well. It is great holiday music and will keep the Mariah fans happy. I'm hesitant to tell people to buy a Christmas album because holiday albums have a short shelf life of about three months maximum, but I would definitely put this album on your Christmas playlist. I would also put this next Christmas album onto a playlist. Leslie Odom Jr.'s The Christmas Album has 10 songs of good tidings and joy with contributions from the Mazansi Youth Choir, Cynthia Arrivo, Michea Walls and the Walls Group, and Nicolette Robinson. It is really well done Christmas music as well, so do not miss this holiday gem. And last but certainly not least, Sean Mendez has a new album out called Wonder. These 14 songs are very well written, and despite Sean's teen heartthrob status, they prove that he has the talent to stick around for a very long while. Justin Bieber shows up on the song Monster, and the album is definitely worth playlisting. French duo of Gaspard Ang and Xavier de Rosne, better known as Justice, have been together since 2003. They've conquered many genres, from French house to electro house to electronic rock and alternative dance. Since 2003, they've released three studio albums. Two of those albums were nominated for a Best Dance Electronic Award Grammy. Woman Worldwide won the award in 2019. Justice also has released three live albums and six EPs. The guys are probably best known for their song D-A-N-C-E, We Are Your Friends, and Civilization. They've done at least 25 remixes for artists such as Fatboy Slim, Lenny Kravitz, U2, Boys Noise, Frank Ocean, and many more. They've been nominated for 43 awards from various organizations, including five Grammy Awards, four MTV Europe Music Awards, and three International Dance Music Awards. 
out of the 43 nominations. They've won 14 of them. The French duo Justice inducted into our EDM Hall of Fame. As always, we finish off with the charts. Let's start off with the granddaddy of them all, Billboard. Top album this week is Bad Bunny, El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. Top single, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top artist and top social media artist is BTS. Top streaming song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Top radio song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top digital sales song, BTS Life Goes On. Top sales album and top current sales album is BTS's B. Top catalog album sales is Michael Bublé's Christmas. Top independent album is Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. And top vinyl album is Harry Styles' Fine Line. The top pop song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top adult contemporary song is Megan Trainer and Seth MacFarlane's White Christmas. And top adult pop song is Ava Max's Kings and Queens. On the country chart, Carrie Underwood's Christmas album, My Gift, is the top country album. Top country song is Gabby Barrett's I Hope. Top country streaming song is Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. And top country digital sales song is Trey Lewis's, and I'm not making this title up, Dicked Down in Dallas. Yes, you heard that correct. Make up your own double entendres there. Also, I do expect that sometime in the next week or two that because of Charlie Pride's death, that Charlie Pride will probably top one of these charts at some point. On to the rock charts. Top rock song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top rock album, Miley Cyrus's new one, Plastic Hearts. Top rock streaming song is Chuck Berry's Run Rudolph Run. Top digital sales song is AJR's Bang. Top mainstream rock song and top hard rock song is ACDC's Shot in the Dark. Top rock album is ACDC's Power Up. The top rock streaming or hard rock streaming song and the top hard rock digital sales song is Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224. You know it, you love it. Even if you don't know what the title is, you'll hear it on the radio and go, oh yeah, that's the one that sounds a lot like really heavy metal Christmas music, which is really cool. On the alternative charts, top alternative song, top alternative streaming song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top alternative digital sales song is AJR's Bang. 
top alternative album is Taylor Swift's Folklore. I would expect her to actually replace herself in the next week or two with her new one, Evermore. Top adult alternative song is of Monsters and Men's Visitor. On the rap charts, top rap song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top rap album, Pop Smoke. Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Top rap streaming song and top rap digital sales song is Megan Thee Stallion's Body. Top R&B song, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top R&B album, Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song. Top R&B streaming song, The Ronettes' Sleigh Ride. Top R&B digital sales song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top adult R&B song is Trey Song's and Summer Walker's Back Home. And for yet another week, the top mainstream R&B rap song is Drake and Lil Durk's Laugh Now, Cry Later. On the global charts, including and excluding the United States numbers, they're both the same song for yet another week. Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez, Dakiti. That also happens to be the top Latin song for the week the top Latin streaming song, and the top Latin digital sales song. Meanwhile, Bad Bunny stays number one on the top Latin albums chart. This time, though, instead of the YHL, etc., etc., it is El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. However, Selena's Ones continues her stranglehold on the number one pop Latin uh, albums chart. As far as some of the charts from the rest of the world, top Canadian song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top Canadian album, Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. Top Canadian digital sales song, Billie Eilish's Therefore I Am. Top Japanese song, Niziu with Step and a Step. Top K-pop song in the country of South Korea, BTS Dynamite. On the UK charts, top UK song, Ariana Grande's Positions. Top UK album, Gary Barlow, Music Played by Humans. Top UK digital sales song, Liam Gallagher's All You're Dreaming Of. And the top Euro digital sales song for yet another week is Master KG, Burna Boy, and Namsebu Zakodi's Jerusalem. On the holiday charts, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is the top holiday song and the top holiday streaming song. The top holiday album is Michael Bublé's Christmas. Meanwhile, the top digital sales song is Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree at the Christmas Party Hop. Great classic. As always, the EDM charts are found on the EDM podcast that drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, that is 2 a.m. L.A. Time. 10 a.m. London time, 11 a.m. Paris time, and high noon in Moscow. Onward to the Apple charts. Taylor Swift owns it. Top album, Taylor Swift's Evermore. Top single, Taylor Swift's Willow from Evermore. On the Spotify charts, Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakiti is the top globally streamed song. 
Meanwhile, in America and the UK, the top streamed song on Spotify is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. On the YouTube charts, the top American song and the top American music video is Future and Drake's Life is Good. On the UK charts, the top song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. However, the top music video is Digga D's Daily Duppy. Globally on YouTube, it is all Desi music, as they like to say, which I think actually is kind of racist, but that's just me. Uh, in terms of the Indian music, top song, Renuka Panwar with 52 Gaj Damen. That's K-A-D-A-M-A-N. Meanwhile, top music video is Afsana Khan's Titlian. So Indian music definitely dominating globally now. Probably the next big thing for 2021 since K-pop ruled 2020. The hits DailyDouble.com top album is, not shockingly, Bad Bunny, El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. Top song revenue chart for this week is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which made in Great Britain $123,343, weekly sales revenue of $6,169, and streaming revenue of $117,174. By comparison, last week's number one, which was 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood, made $105,000. U.S. dollars. Just for the record, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You has raked in so far, not including this year, over $60 million just on that one song, let alone all the other songs that Mariah Carey has made money off of. Just so you know. On the Shazam charts, Top U.S. single is 24 Karat Golden in the Indior's Mood. Top U.K. single is Shane Codd's Get Out My Head. On the BBC charts, BBC One Radio's top single is Billie Eilish's Therefore I Am. BBC Two Radio's top single is the BBC Radio Two All-Stars, BBC Children in Need, Stop Crying Your Heart Out. That is a charity song. On the Rolling Stone magazine charts, the top song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, with 18.7 million streams this past week in America. Top album is Shawn Mendes's Wonder. Top streamed artist is Ariana Grande, with 70.3 million streams. Top trending song is Bad Bunny's La Noche de Anoche, just for the record, he actually has on this particular chart, I believe it was seven out of the top ten songs. The fastest rising artist for Rolling Stone magazine of last month was Davido. And this week, this is pretty much the last week for major releases, unless someone suddenly decides to drop one on Christmas Day or New Year's Day, which I tend to doubt, but you never know. Taylor Swift dropped a new one out of the blue. So, 
for the last major releases for the week, there's going to be two of them. The one that was supposed to drop last week, which was Paul McCartney's McCartney 3, will drop this week instead. I'm assuming that Taylor Swift bouncing in there last second might have had something to do with it. Also, the other one is Tycho's Weather Remixes. And that is it for Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 188. For more music podcasts, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, HubHopper, OnlyFans, and Patreon, all under Music History Today. You can find us on our website at www.cjbtproductions.com. Our email address is musichistorytoday at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at CJBT Productions. Our Facebook page is Music History Today. Also, our SoundCloud is Music History Today. And you can find us on YouTube by searching Music History Today. This has been a CJBT Productions podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening. (laughs) 